section eleven of the dove's nest and other stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the dove's nest and other stories by katherine mansfield father and the girls at midday ernestine who had come down from the mountains with her mother to work in the vineyards belonging to the hotel heard the faint far-away chuff chuff of the train from italy trains were a novelty to ernestine they were fascinating unknown terrible what were they like as they came tearing their way through the valley plunging between the mountains as if not even the mountains could stop them when she saw the dark flat breast of the engine so bare so powerful hurled as it were towards her she felt a weakness she could have sunk to the earth and yet she must look so she straightened up stopped pulling at the blue-green leaves tugging at the long bright green curly suckers and with eyes like a bird stared the vines were very tall there was nothing to be seen of ernestine but her beautiful youthful bosom buttoned into a blue cotton jacket and her small dark head covered with a faded cherry-colored handkerchief chiff chuff che chiff chuff che sounded the train now a wisp of white smoke shone and melted now there was another and the monster itself came into sight and snorting horribly drew up at the little toy-like station five minutes away the railway ran at the bottom of the hotel garden which was perched high and surrounded by a stone wall steps cut in the stone led to the terraces where the vines were planted ernestine looking out from the leaves like a bright bird saw the terrible engine and looked beyond it at doors swinging open at strangers stepping down she would never know who they were or where they had come from a moment ago they were not here perhaps to-morrow they would be gone again and looking like a bird herself she remembered how at home in the late autumn she had sometimes seen strange birds in the fir tree that were there one day and gone the next where from where to she felt an ache in her bosom wings were tight folded there why could she not stretch them out and fly away and away from the first-class carriage tall then emily alighted and gave her hand to father whose brittle legs seemed to wave in the air as they felt for the iron step taller thinner edith followed carrying father's light overcoat his field-glasses on a strap and his new bidecker the blonde hotel porter came forward wasn't that nice he could speak as good english as you and me so edith had no trouble at all in explaining how as they were going on by the morning train to-morrow they would only need their suitcases and what was left in the compartment was there a carriage outside yes a carriage was there but if they cared to walk there was a private entrance through the hotel gardens no they wouldn't walk you wouldn't care to walk would you father dear no edith i won't walk do you girls want to walk why no father 
not without you dear and the blonde hotel porter leading they passed through the little knot of sturdy peasants at the station gate to where the carriage waited under a group of limes did you ever see anything as big as that horse edith cried emily she was always the first to exclaim about things it is a very big horse sang edith more sober it's a farm horse from the look of it and it's been working see how hot it is edith had so much observation the big brown horse his side streaked with dark sweat tossed his head and the bells on his collar set up a loud jangling who yep called the young peasant driver warningly from his seat on the high box father who was just about to get in drew back a little scared you don't think that horse will run away with us do you edith he quavered why no father dear coaxed edith that horse is just as tame as you or me so in they got the three of them and as the horse bounded forward his ears seemed to twitch in surprise at his friend the driver call that a load father and the girls weighed nothing they might have been three bones three broomsticks three umbrellas bouncing up and down on the hard seats of the carriage it was a mercy the hotel was so close father could never have stood that for more than a minute especially at the end of a journey even as it was his face was quite green when emily helped him out straightened him and gave him a little pull it's shaking you dear hasn't it she said tenderly but he refused her arm into the hotel that would create a wrong impression no no emily i'm all right all right said father as staggering a little he followed them through big glass doors into a hall as dim as a church and as chill and as deserted my wasn't that hall cold the cold seemed to come leaping at them from the floor it clasped the peaked knees of edith and emily it leapt high as the fluttering heart of father for a moment they hesitated drew together almost gasped but then out from the bureau a cheerful young person her smiling face spotted with mosquito bites ran to meet them and welcomed them with such real enthusiasm in english too that the chill first moment was forgotten ah yes ah yes i can let you ave very nice rooms on de fur's floor wid a lif two rooms and bart and dressing-room for de gentleman beautiful rooms wid sun but nort too hot very nice till to-morrow i take you if you please it is dis way you are tired wid the journey launch is at half past twelve hort water ah yes it is wit de bart if you please father and the girls were drawn by her cheerful smiles and becks and nods along a cloister-like corridor into the lift and up until she flung open a heavy dark door and stood aside for them to enter it is a suite she explained wid a hall and tree doors quickly she opened them now i go to see when your luggage is gum and she went well cried emily edith stared father craned his thin old neck 
looking too did you ever see the like edith cried emily in a little rush and edith softly clasped her hands softly she sang no i never did emily i've never seen anything just like this before seems to me a nice room quavered father still hovering do you girls want to change it change it why father dear it's just the loveliest thing we've ever set eyes on isn't it emily sit down father dear sit down in the armchair father's pale claws gripped the velvet arms he lowered himself he sank with an old man's quick sigh edith stood still as if bewitched at the door but emily ran over to the window and leaned out quite girlish for a long time now for how long for countless ages father and the girls had been on the wing nice montreux biarritz naples mentone lake maggiore they had seen them all and many many more and still they beat on beat on flying as if unwearied never stopping anywhere for long but the truth was oh better not inquire what the truth was better not ask what it was that kept them going or why the only word that daunted father was the word home home to sit around doing nothing listening to the clock counting up the years thinking back thinking to stay fixed in one place as if waiting for something or somebody no no better far to be blown over the earth like the husk like the withered pod that the wind carries and drops and bears off again are you ready girls yes father dear then we'd better be off if we're to make that train but oh it was a weariness it was an unspeakable weariness father made no secret of his age he was eighty-four as for edith and emily well he looked now like their elder brother an old old brother and two ancient sisters so the lovely room might have summed them up but its shaded brightness its beauty the flutter of leaves at the creamy stone windows seemed only to whisper rest stay edith looked at the pale green-panelled walls at the doors that had lozenges and squares of green picked out in gold she made the amazing discovery that the floor had the same pattern in wood that was traced on the high painted ceiling but the colour of the shining floor was marvellous it was like tortoise-shell in one corner there was a huge tilted stove milky white and blue the low wooden bed with its cover of quilted yellow satin had sheaves of corn carved on the bed-posts it looked too fanciful tired edith yes that bed looked as if it were breathing softly gently breathing outside the narrow deep-set windows beyond their wreaths of green she could see a whole tiny landscape bright as a jewel in the summer heat rest stay was it the sound of the leaves outside no it was in the air it was the room itself that whispered joyfully shyly edith felt so strange that she could keep quiet no longer this is a very old room emily she warbled softly i know what it is this hotel has not always been a hotel it's been an old chateau i feel as sure of that as that i'm standing here perhaps she wanted to convince herself that she was standing there do you see that stove she walked over to the stove 
it's got figures on it emily she warbled faintly it's sixteen twenty three isn't that too wonderful cried emily even father was deeply moved sixteen twenty three nearly three hundred years old and suddenly in spite of his tiredness he gave a thin airy old man's chuckle makes yer feel quite a chicken don't it said father emily's breathless little laugh answered him it was too gay i'm going to see what's behind that door she cried and half running to the door in the middle wall she lifted the slender steel catch it led into a larger room into edith's and her bedroom but the walls were the same and the floor and there were the same deep-set windows only two beds instead of one stood side by side with blue silk quilts instead of yellow and what a beautiful old chest there was under the windows oh cried emily in rapture isn't it all too perfectly historical for words edith it makes me feel she stopped she looked at edith who had followed her and whose thin shadow lay on the sunny floor queer said emily trying to put all she felt into that one word i don't know what it is perhaps if edith the discoverer had had time she might have satisfied emily but a knock sounded at the outer door it was the luggage boy and while he brought in their suitcases there came from downstairs the ringing of the luncheon bell father mustn't be kept waiting once a bell had gone he liked to follow it up right then so without even a glance at the mirror they had reached the age when it is natural to avoid mirrors as it is to peer into them when one is young edith and emily were ready are you ready girls yes father dear and off they went again to the left to the right down a stone staircase with a broad worn balustrade to the left again finding their way as if by instinct edith first then father and emily close behind but when they reached the salamangi which was as big as a ballroom it was still empty all gay all glittering the long french windows open on to the green and gold garden the salamangi stretched before them and the fifty little tables with the fifty pots of delilahs looked as if they might begin dancing with end of section eleven